pretty nerds. 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 Hi guys, welcome back to the Pretty Nerds Podcast. This is your girl, Fallon Deanne. And this is your girl, Nay. Alright, and we have, what, 19 days to spring. Are you excited? Are you? No, I am absolutely <laughs> excited. I cannot wait. I am counting down the days. Besides the fact that I am May baby, so spring is my favorite of the entire year. But you know I love me some warm weather, so I'm just, oh. We can't wait. We had a look. We had a little bit of sunshine this week, and I felt so spoiled. <laughs> what about yourself? I'm so ready. I like. I feel like this winter, for some reason, I don't know. It kind of went by quick for me, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm over. Like I've been over it for so long, though. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, agreed. <laughs> so. I guess we don't really have a lot of hot topics this week, but we can kind of jump in pretty quickly. I say we start light, and the lightest thing that I have on the list is from the Golden Globes. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the show itself because didn't watch it, but um, I saw the highlights online, and basically it included congratulations to Andre Day. John Boyaga, Daniel Kalua, and Soul, they all won, um, as well as Chadwick Boseman in, uh, in their respective categories. As, as we always say, we're state, we're rooting for everybody black, so congratulations to all of them on their wins. Definitely big congratulations to Andre Day, though, because first black woman in, what they say, like 20, 25 years, they even win a Golden Globe, so... That's huge. And for it to be on her first kind of first role, that's even bigger, you know? So that's the lightest topic, I feel like. Well, we have the Coming to America sequel. So you want to talk about that? Yes. What is it? Amazon, I think, is coming through. Yeah, Amazon. And it is, let me, is this Saturday, Friday? I should have wrote down a date. Um, but anyway, the coming to America too. It is premiering on Amazon Prime, so I am definitely excited. Um, and it's March fifth, so this Friday. Okay. So, so you gonna be checking it out? Ah, uh, yes. I like. I don't know. Like I, I want to have high expectations, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, well, I'm not gonna have high expectations because. It's a sequel. Agreed. I'm just going to check it out on the premise of hoping that it has some type of funniness to it because of the, all the people that's supposed to be in it. But I'm with you. I'm not holding too much like as far as the storyline and all of that. But again, it could definitely surprise us. But I don't know. Sequels tend to not. I don't know if we. If, I mean, that would be a good topic to kind of do a list of any movies we thought had good sequels. I wonder if we how many if we could pull that shit off because I can't even think of one right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, good sequel. Good sequel. Um, um, I mean, I feel like some well, of Bad Boys was a good sequel. Oh yeah, Bad Boys was a good sequel. I agree with that. They had a whole their whole franchise was pretty good. The third one wasn't terrible either. So. Yeah, it was a little long. I did fall asleep on the third one, but it could have just been out sleepy. But yeah, I think they had, yeah. But I can't think of. But at the same time, when I think about it, I feel like ones that have like good, if they're like trilogies or they have like multi, multi movies, I feel like those ones are kind of more put together. Like, because Bad Boys, when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, because it's like a, they had that big pause in between. But I mean, it's a trilogy. I don't know. And then like when I think of like, you know, Star Wars was a trilogy. So I feel like their whole because their whole storyline, plot line ran together. So that kind of worked out, I guess, in the sequel department. But I can't just pick up a movie on its own. that just had like one sequel. It wasn't like, you know a trilogy or like a big whatever 
Because yeah, I would say Lethal Weapon, but that was more than... Mm. I don't know. We'll have to think on it because I feel like there <laughs> has to be something out there that had a good standalone sequel, but I can't think of any right now. <laughs> Anywho. All right. So I guess we can jump into the mess this week. Let's start with kind of some state news. Texas, both Texas and Mississippi, despite the other problems that they're having in in their respective states, Texas still kind of dealing with that aftermath from the snowstorm and all those people who were left without water and electricity. And then Mississippi also, um, in Jackson, Mississippi, they have a bunch of residents who are also dealing without, you know, having water, clean water anyway, to drink or bathe and all of that jazz going on. So despite all of the mess that they have going on right now in their respective states, they decided to kind of say to hell with the pandemic um, and their both of their governors have lifted the statewide mandates for masks and they have also announced that beginning Friday I think in Mississippi it's Friday and then in Texas it's Monday I'm not sure some, it's, and I may have those backwards maybe Texas Friday and Mississippi Monday but either way they're both um, going to be allowing 100% capacity in all of their social spaces like restaurants, malls, pretty much any business now. What are your thoughts? It's foolish for the simple fact. It's so, firstly, I don't understand Southern states, I guess, fascination with going against science and not even over religion. We're not going to get into it, but going against science and the CDC person, of course, I'm, it's foolish because I'm like, yeah, you're going to see that numbers are going to plummet. We was just in a freaking snowstorm. We couldn't go anywhere even if we wanted to. So, of course, you're going to see numbers are going to decrease. But then what about now when we're a week later and we are able to go out and go back grocery shopping, go, you know, when people start back doing quote unquote normal things, then what are the numbers going to look like? And then we know, OK, hot weather is coming. We had a spike last year with May and July nationwide. The death hasn't, you know, the death numbers haven't went down. So I'm, I, I don't understand it. And I'm like, you trying to flex, literally you trying to flex on the president, just being honest and saying, okay, we're going to do this because he wants us to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. And you're killing people. No matter how you want to look at it, you're killing people. Um, and I think it, it it still falls back, even though the government is not equipped and not of sound judgment, it falls back on the people to be like, listen, we're still going to wear our masks, which I saw in Texas that some business was like, you can't come in with a mask on. That's a personal choice. Right. Because what if somebody does have a condition where they always have worn a mask? And it's just, to me, it's like America... I don't know what it is. It's like you can go to other countries and people wear masks like, okay, I am sick and I don't want to get anybody else sick. How I don't understand. I don't. I'm like, it's it's foolishness. And I'm like, it's always you can count on Mississippi, Texas, and Florida to come and fuck some shit up. Always. Right. Right. Definitely agree with that. For me, I see two issues. Um, one my biggest thing is is that if you, especially with Texas still being that they have one of the lower ratings in regards to you know vaccines, getting people vaccinated in the states, I don't I don't understand the decision. Um, you already had the the Houston as soon as they, this governor made that announcement, the Houston the Houston hospital sent out like a mandate asking people to. Um, pick up overtime hours and things like that just to brace for what they believe is going to be a surge back into their ERs and things of that nature um, in regards, because they believe it's going to ultimately cause a spike. Also, I just feel like with those two states, I'm like, if you're not going to do like a lockdown, in essence, stating that people can't enter or leave the states, um, once y'all kind of lifted, you're basically taking the risk of spreading that to other states just because y'all want to be stupid and break the rules. 
Um, and then I also, my biggest takeaway and the thing that bugs me the most, I guess in regards to this is it's always in heavily dense, I want to say heavily dense places that have lots of minorities, groups that live there. And we're the ones who are going to be the most heavily impacted by it because um, despite there's, you know, if you look at it, our communities are the least to want to take the vaccine because there are a lot of people who are skeptical about it as is. Um, we also have, you know, are dealing with lack of health insurance, the the type of discrimination and things that we already face when we have to go to hospitals, when it comes to just healthcare in general. It, 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 and I just feel like it almost feels strategic in a way because they know that a lot of uh, minority communities are not going to be able to once, you know, everything's open 100 percent. They're not going to be they got to put food on the table. So they're not going to be able to, you know, turn down. I got to, You know, we got to go to work. I, I got to go to work because, you know, I got to put food on the table. I got to survive. I got to pay my bills. So, of course, they're going to go to work and they're not going to really have the choice to say, no, I can't go in or I'd rather stay at home. I don't feel comfortable. I'm just being, you know what I mean? A lot yes. of them are going to have to to make that sacrifice. And we're already, you know, minorities are already the hardest hit communities when it comes to this virus anyway. When it comes to the total deaths, it's our communities that are being hit the hardest. And that's just because, like I said, the, the situation with uh, health care and all the kind of discrimination and just issues that we have in general facing with, you know, the healthcare industry. So I just, and then, like I said, on top of that, you have all the people who are so hesitant to take the vaccine. So I just feel like we're going to be the hardest hit and in, 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 in almost feel strategic in my opinion, like, okay, it's almost like they're picking, picking and choosing places that they know have these high dense minority populations. It's almost like they're picking us to fuck off. I don't know. That's how I sometimes. I know it's kind of kind of conspiracy, but I don't know. It just feels like that a little bit. I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. I don't think it's when it you know comes down to, to conspiracies because it's like, why are you not? And then you, of course, you probably know those areas that they're saying, oh yeah, let's list it. They're already limited on supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like. Are those you're saying, oh, Texas, you know, the vaccine is coming, but it's not here yet. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not I'm, I, like I 100 percent don't get it. But that's just. The- right. But I will also say on the on the other hand that I, I did see a lot, a lot of us in the comments and stuff like that comment. Well. Y'all, y'all can stay in the house and be scared y'all whole lives and blah 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 I'm sick of wearing masks we open we're gonna be out y'all blah blah for to those people I feel like let um let Darwin's theory take place survival of the motherfucking fittest I feel like some of y'all asses listen if you die you die sorry I hate to say it that way I hate to say it that way baby, but listen survival of the motherfucking fittest out here because some of y'all asses really is ignorant as fuck and it just it's going to it, it really it going to take for y'all to literally have to see which is sad it shouldn't take that but it's going to take for you to literally have to see somebody that you know die or somebody close to you die or hell for you to get sick yourself for you to really be like oh man this shit's for real like this sucks i don't want nobody who i love or close to to have to deal with this shit and that's what i was like i've seen so many people it's just basic science that's what irks me when people like well why we don't see people having the flu and the cold and colds anymore we wear masks we're social distancing people are checking temperatures at the door there's so many i guess you can say like safe procedures i don't know if that's a good word safe but there's so many different procedures and there are so many different things that we do that we should have already been doing when we had the flu is not going if we're sick or if we're, our nose is running or we have a fever, we should not be out because that means we have an infection and that can spread to 
to other people. Those are things we already should have been doing. So now that we're doing those, of course, you're going to see flu numbers go down. And I'm like, we also have to look at, you know, that was like this year was the lowest flu rate. Last year was one of the highest. But I'm like, we know from last year, the reason why flu was so high is because COVID was misdiagnosed. And we always want to harp on Oh, you know, those false positives. Well, I, I, some people I know said they were positive, but they were not. But we don't harp on those false negatives or right. those people that were diagnosed with pneumonia when they actually had COVID. And that was just the underlining thing that they end up developing pneumonia from COVID. Right. I'm like, so as much credit or you want to give to these false positives, you have to look at the false negatives as well and say, okay. These are the actual numbers. And no matter how we want to look at it, from people that have had COVID, they're telling you it's wreaking havoc on their body. Exactly. Not just like, you know, lung issues. They're talking about brain issues. Some people in February was talking about they still not able to taste and smell from August. Right. So I'm like, this is just, this is serious. This is not all you know, a flu or a cold or upper respiratory infection. It seems like COVID it messes with your entire body. Right, right. So I just don't understand. I'm like, we have to be vigilant. We have to be careful. We have to take care of ourselves first. And that includes taking care of the community. Like, what's wrong with wearing a mask? Exactly. Like, how is it? People, like, I don't. It's hard to wrap my mind around like it's a mask. And people are like, oh, I can't breathe. Bro, I wore a mask last month. I mean, last year I was nine months pregnant and I was walking up steps at the doctor's office just because I'm like, I don't even say, if I can do it, you can do it. Big facts. Big facts. Not only that, but like you said, other countries have been doing this for, it's been a practice for years upon years upon years upon years. And it's not, you know what I mean? It's not a big deal. It's not that serious. And the, to touch on kind of the last point to bring this home, for all y'all out there who just keep harping on, well, the economics of it all, the economics of it all, we get it. We know people want to get back to work. People got to get back to work. Not against that. But I'm just saying, again, just look at the, if you're thinking about your pockets, look at it this way. People who contract COVID, all of the, the the medical expenses that they have to deal with when paying for the treatments for COVID, plus um, the after effects that Fallon's talking about that are going on for months and how months, all of the doctor visits, not all of that shit adds up. I see one man who um, literally had been in the hospital, I think they said for two or three months, got out and damn near said he almost had a heart attack just from seeing the medical bills, having over a million dollars in medical bills, medical expenses, just from those fucking COVID treatments and expenses. And that didn't even account for the expenses he was going to incur after from all of the after effects. So I'm just saying, y'all, is it is it worth uh, not putting on what a two, two fifty five dollar, you know, seven dollar little mask? I'm just saying. And I'm like, you know, y'all can, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. Be like, it's a mess. I mean, it's a fucking mess. Right. I'm like, y'all just now started, and for a lot of people, we know who we're talking about, they just started washing it. Y'all, a lot of y'all just started washing your hands mm-hmm. and taking baths daily. Facts. Facts. Woo. Weird. Weird as fuck. I just could not even imagine. And probably still ain't washing your legs. And y'all was trying to talk about some goddamn take the mask off. No, keep them on. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, man. All right. So in other state news, you said there was a story of a town in Illinois that is going to be doing reparations. reparations. Yep. So since Illinois, I think, has, I think they set aside like $10 million to pay reparations to Black people. I mean, I think it's a a step in the right direction. I know it's like right outside of Chicago. I'm not sure the distance. But like I said, I think it's a step in the right direction. I don't know if... I know this junk-ass government that we got did ain't going. I'm going to be optimistic. I ain't going to say it ain't going to happen. I'm going to be optimistic. But I I would say it's going to be... 
definitely um, something to see of how they disperse the funds or what would be the qualification. Because that's what I feel like a lot of these people that's, oh, I'm 30% Black, going to be trying to skirt through no boo-boo. Right, right. And I think (laughs) that I think that we still have to work out the logistics in um, when it comes to reparations. But I'm 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 100 percent with you and agree. It's a step in the right direction. Um, it's the steps that steps that we need to start taking. Um, I feel like as a community, as a whole, as black people, we need to start putting foots on necks and stop stop allowing other people and other groups to dictate to us what we deserve as a culture and as a people. The facts of the matter is other groups um, have been receiving reparations, have been receiving payments for injustices that occurred to them. And nobody bats a fucking eyelash about it. It's only when it comes to our community, it's only when it comes to our people that we're just told to shut up, deal with it. It happened a long time ago. Y'all are always acting like victims, blah, blah, blah. No, fuck that. Every other community that has faced injustice, they're not told to shut up. They're not told to be quiet about it. I've never heard a Holocaust victim be told to, well, it happened so long ago. Why are y'all still harping on that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what? Are you kidding me? They don't They don't say those to Holocaust victims. They don't say that to the, the, the Chinese um, who were held captive in in the country during um, what was it during? Damn, I can't remember now. It's blanking in me. During was it like the forties or fifties when we used to the fifties? The fifties when we held, held the Japanese in like internment camps or whatever when we were having um, was that during World War Two? Mm-hmm. The weather after. Um, you know what I mean. So there's there's no back. There's no t- telling them forget about it. Backlash against them for the things that they, you know, endured. Native Americans, they they have a lot of things put in place to, as far as in regards to receiving land and things like it. To me, it's, it's not still not enough um, when it comes to the indigenous people of, of this country. It's still not enough that's being done, in my opinion. Um, but I mean, they're, they're not told to just shut up and forget about it. They're, there's things that are put in place building blocks basically there's there's movement being had so i just feel like as black people and black community in our community we need to to put some foots on necks god damn it i want to see you know what start to budge on it i really think when it comes down to reparations for black people the reason why a lot of people are so against it is they let it get too far gone because you can like with you know jewish people the japanese the indigenous well I'm not even I'm not gonna include the indigenous people, but I think with us it's too far gone because it's like how do we start paying out because now you're on descendants of descendants of descendants of descendants. So it's like when do we stop paying them out? You don't. Like the fact that there's like I think last time was like a two hundred year gap, what it would take to kind of like I guess close the divide. And then you got to think about if you give blacks and um, black people in America reparations, then you have to look at the islands. So and it goes from there because it's like okay, if you if, if you know people see all oh, black people in America get it, then you like okay, we need it down here. You know, we was just a stop away. We still, you know, a lot of the islands still got plantations and old slave houses and all of that stuff. And then you got to start bringing in your other countries. You got to start bringing in France and. You know, Belgium and all these places. Like, yep. But I mean, shit. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, put their asses on the table too. And they, I mean, they, I definitely. They need to, you know, they they gotta step up for their fight in their country. Absolutely, and I think that that there's there's talk for it. There's absolutely talk for it, and I think that in regards to to all people. Um, who have been oppressed um, in our communities? They, foot, it's time to put foots on necks. Goddammit, I'm sorry. Okay. Put some foots on necks and and pay what's owed. You mean my due? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Pay what the fuck is owed because and I hate they that. built this goddamn country. Listen, pay what's owed. And I, 
hate the they, well my, I, I'm I don't own any slaves so you're still profiting off of that market I'm like even when it comes down to land ownership in America I'm like black people had land black people had homes but then when you think about Jim Crow and I have to flee my house who 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 landed that go who who had the house then exactly More than likely a white person came and got the land exactly so I'm like a lot of y'all are literally living or your family is living on land that's not even theirs. They never even paid for it. Just took it. Big fact. Right. You cannot tell me people that, you know, fled in Mississippi, went to Chicago or whatever for safety reasons and not to be lynched or whatever. Where did that land go? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, like I said, this is definitely a conversation that we should keep having, um, you know, keep speaking on. Again, I, I want to start seeing some progress being made. Um, I love to see when certain cities, states, or whatever are starting to just say, screw it. We're going to start putting this on a docket, moving forward on our own, because as as a whole country, it seems to kind of be a stall. It seems to always be put on the back burner. But I want to start seeing more and more conversations around it. I want to start seeing more um, young black people get involved in 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 the fight for it and the movement of it. Because, again, like I said, our people built this country. It literally was built on the backs of folks that look just like us. We deserve to be paid what's due to us. And that's just what it is. 100% facts. And I... I don't know. Like, it's just a conversation. Like, it comes out to end up even amongst Black people to be a little elite and classy because people are like, they can just pay off my student loans. No, because everybody didn't go to college. And everybody don't have to go to college to get money that they are due from the government. Exactly. Agreed. Agreed and agreed. Um, and I ain't finna turn all of my money to the government. I'm gonna die with fucking student loans. Give me my fucking money. <laughs> Listen. You think I'm to take some money that my family work for to get it to back to the government hell no now if you want to do that and but i'm not going to be like oh yeah get nine. don't worry about it i'm gonna continue to make the eighty dollars a month payment so there do what is. you feel okay give me my goddamn check shit all right so that is all that we have for hot topics today let's go ahead and re- uh, move to the relationship portion of the show so this week we both um, kind of went the lifestyle question way. So let's first start with yours and then we'll jump into mine because I feel like yours is a little better. <laughs> so my question is, how did you survive the lowest point of your of your life? So honestly, I don't know yet because I'm still working through it. <laughs> I'm still working through it. Um, but... I would say I've just been prioritizing taking care of myself better, um, focusing on my mental health, you know, trying to search for um, tips and holistic ways to help myself, whether it be meditation and all of that, but also leaning on traditional ways, still in the search of finding the correct therapist that I want to work with. I haven't found one yet that I quite feel like fits me just yet I think that having the right therapist um is so so important so when I find the one that I feel like fits the most with me then I definitely feel like that'll be another big step for me I'm still you know like I said I'm still kind of kind of going through that path as well and um I'm a little leery on um, medication just because I haven't got a been able to get a proper diagnosis yet but so but, I, you know, cross that bridge when I get there. So still, so basically, I just feel like for me, it's just been prioritizing myself and trying to, to just work through some of the my mental health and, and, and really getting that figured out. So that's kind of been my, the way I've been dealing with the, getting through my lowest point. What about yourself? Um, for me, it took a lot of of honesty with myself, self-love, and giving myself time, space, and I guess gentleness to heal. Because I, 
for me, I'm so hard on myself and like, okay, I should be past this. I should no longer be having panic attacks about this. And it was just like a downward spiral. Like I'm having like back-to-back panic attacks. And I'm knowing like, okay, you're going into a panic, you're going into a panic. And I couldn't just bring myself out of it. Um, And it was causing like other parts of my life to suffer as well. Um, So it just took me really like, okay, just be honest with yourself. And it's not like beating up on myself. It's just like, you know what? This happened. And it's so, you know, it's not okay that it happened, but it happened. You don't have to be stronger that it happened to you, but it happened. And what are you, what do you want to do now to heal? What would make me feel better? And it wasn't, you know, like, oh, I'm going to drink alcohol or anything like that. But like, I wrote a letter to my mom, just like, okay, this is what happened. You know, they kind of get that off my chest. And then from there, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start being gentle with myself, um, giving myself a lot of grace, a lot of love, doing things that I really, really enjoyed. I think then this is when I started like traveling more by myself. I felt way more comfortable just being with me. So and even my panic attacks went down like I haven't had a panic attack. in I don't know how long now I still suffer from anxiety. I don't think I would ever not suffer from anxiety. Right. Um. But the panic attack stopped. So that was like a, you know, like a, I'm going to say a big win in the grand scheme of things. It's like if anybody has ever had a panic attack, you know, like the grip on your heart is like, oh, my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. You don't know if you're going to fall out, what's going to happen. So I'm like, that was like a big win for me. Like I said, anxiety is probably not going to ever go anywhere because I get anxious about almost every fucking thing. So, yeah, I was like, they just really just like the the self-love being gentle with myself, being honest, and saying what you got to say. And, you know, that that's what helped me get over that hump. Right, right. Well, I mean, we love to hear it. We love to hear it, that self-awareness, self-honesty, just prioritizing yourself. That's a beautiful thing, wonderful thing to hear. We love, we love <laughs> that you're feeling better. And, and we, we definitely celebrate those wins um, with not having a panic panic attack in so long because I'm with you man those type of things can be super super scary um if you've ever if you ever experienced a panic attack anxiety anything like that that shit can be so fucking scary and just throw off like you said throw off so many parts of your entire life you know what I mean not just your mental but your physical your relationship suffer your work suffers creativity just everything you know so i would definitely i am definitely working on my anxiety i cannot get it together for nothing i'm like and i'm knowing that i'm anxious i'm like okay calm down you know you had to clench teeth your back your posture is all messed up and i'm like man but it, it's it's work <laughs> so work in progress <laughs> all right so my question for this week Sprung from like a debate, I saw another one of those generational debates. So they were talking about old, the older generation's reluctance to kind of prioritize taking sick or vacation days versus the newer generation's um, ideal ideology around you know using up every all of your vacation and sick days. Um, so my question is, do you feel guilty about taking? your sick or vacation days and, and, you know, using all of them. Why or why not? And why do you think that that generational um, divide seems? So I definitely fall in the middle. I don't feel guilty about taking them. I don't take them enough, but I also had a belief as well. I don't like using, like if I get three weeks, I'll use two. Then I'll roll a week over because I'm like, I don't never know what's going to happen. And I'm like, I got to have a plan. So I'm like, I've never been one of those people that's like, oh, I'm, you know, I don't have any time left. Like I, I wouldn't be comfortable with not having any time left. Um, now have I been, and I'm, and the reason why I say that is because I've been caught in a situation of not having any sick time and foolish of me not having sick time. I was covered 
my short-term disability, but I'm like, I don't have any sick time, so I got to go back to work. And that was a lack of knowledge as well, but just being in a comfortable place of, you know what, I have sick time, so if something does happen, and especially in a lot of jobs now that don't have generous, you know, sick or vacation time. Right. So I, like, I'm in the middle. Now, I do think when it comes to, like, a gen- there is a generational divide where older people think that, oh, not taking vacation days is going to earn you some superstar spot or, you know, you're going to get a sticker at the end of the year for not taking vacation days. I do think that because I'm like when you like listen to like my aunties and my uncles like, oh, yeah, I get, you know, when I retired, I had hundreds of out hundreds of out What the fuck would you do? <laughs> and why did you not think taking it? You know, like, no. I wouldn't, no. Now, if I'm not feeling well, which I don't, I rarely get sick like that. Listen, I'm taking off. I am not one of them people that go into work and feeling like death. Like, no. So I definitely, yeah, it's definitely a generational thing. And I don't knock young people for doing it. I don't knock because I'm like, I just, like my old, the job we worked together was when I was like, you know what? I'm taking a mental health day. Like, I ain't no wrong. Technically, physically, I know wrong, but I don't feel like it today. And I think it's necessary to have those days where, you know what, I don't feel like it. And I'm not going to feel like it. I'm not going to wait until the weekend to get a break. I'm going to break right now. Um, I think it's necessary. I don't think it's anything wrong with it. But I definitely think old people think that, you know, God is going to open up the floodgates of heaven for them because they ain't taking no vacation or no sick days. Yeah. <laughs> What about yourself? So on my end, I am 100% like, I do not feel guilty at all. I'm taking my goddamn days. Um, I'm with you like when I have, um, it just depends on where I'm working. Like that job we worked together, we had a generous, we were lucky. I will say that they did have a generous like vacation day, sick day policy. So I would always like you, I would roll over um, because we could roll over a week. So I would roll over a couple of days, just like you said, in case we, because you never know what happens. Um, so you want to have like that little couple of days in your pocket, just in case something, you know, knock on worse, knock on wood, the worst occurs or happens. But on ones where I don't have no generous days, baby, taking my goddamn days. <laughs> don't and don't don't let me get to the end of the year and have like you know cup set they tell me you got a couple of days left and it don't roll over give me all of them <laughs> I'm, I'm out <laughs> and don't call me to next year oh but we need didn't didn't you say uh, 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 didn't you hear my call i'm out don't call me till next year i you know what i'm saying listen um, I, I don't care because the the way that I feel about it is, is that these companies will work literally work you to death. And if you die, the the most they will do probably is send out an email, maybe send some flowers to, to if you have a funeral or something like that. But the next day it's business as usual for them. You're just a body to them. So I'm not finna to work myself into a grave for nobody. Okay. I'm going to get my check, collect my check, go home and, and enjoy the fruits of my labor. I'm not working myself to death for nobody. So, and, and as far as the generational, it is definitely, definitely, definitely a generational gap. I will say that I have, um, that's one of the things that I have, even with my parents, I have told them, Take your damn days. Take your mm-hmm. damn they, they literally will, you know, oh, I don't feel the greatest, but I, I can go in. I can go in. Take your, what? Call <laughs> your ass in sick and stay your ass at home. They'll be, like, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm just generally, we know for facts, just for some of the places that we've worked, you know, we've seen where somebody has died. They'll send like a, oh, so-and-so passed away email. Do you want to uh, donate or send some flowers? And then after that, it's like you never hear about that person again. Business as usual. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And so, like, why are y'all literally out here working yourself to death or feeling guilty about taking the day off when them people ain't going to give a shit about you if you gone? So. Put up an acquisition the same day for this spot. 
Okay, listen, ruthless. I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't care. <sighs> I think I had my uncle retired from the city. And he was like, yeah, I had like almost 100 and some or over 100 and some uh, six days. Blah, blah. So you ain't never get what the hell? <laughs> listen. I'm like, did I pay y'all for this? <laughs> Exactly. Do you get paid for how many sick days that you have left over? Like, is that added to your retirement check or something? Like, if it's not, yes. then it's a waste of days. Because right. I'm like, I know for us, I'm like, you get your vacation days, but you don't get sick days. Yes. So, I'm, mm-mm. And with the way companies are going now, y'all take y'all days. That's all I'm going to tell y'all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I even told some. They were like, uh, you get a new job, you're going to give them a two-day notice. Uh-uh. They ain't going to give them a two-day notice if they fire me. When I find out, they're going to be like, where you going? Oh, this is my last day. I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Where you going to drop this equipment out there? Because <laughs> I'm taking a break. Big facts. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into our movies, books, TV, all of that stuff like that. Any type of reviews that you want to kind of get off your chest or go through this week. So I'm old, and I just now listen to The Crybaby or Crybaby by Meg Thee Stallion um, featuring the baby. Oh, my gosh. Have it blasted at insane levels in the car. <laughs> like, how did I miss this? I don't know why I like it so much. And it, I don't like the clean version. It has to be explicit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It absolutely does. Listen, I'll be completely honest with you. I hate clean versions of records. Like, I'd just rather just just play the explicit versions. Like, I hate when they, like, do the little bleepies out. At least back in the day, they used to be creative and, like, change uh, the word or something like that. To yeah. something. It'd make you laugh, but now it's just a bleep, and that shit irritates us. That irritates my soul. And now I like how they pick and choose words. It's like some shit you can say, and then certain be like, so why they can say this, but you bleeping out this? Like it don't make sense to me. If you don't believe out there, you need to believe out this. But when I say like ignorant levels, like I know somebody probably the connects me. Like look at this damn fool. Yes, <laughs> but just something I listen to. Oh, and I've been like on this uh party next door. Um, featuring Nipsey, um, Candy. Man, that's my judge. Okay. I haven't heard that one. I'm going to have to check that one out. That's my judge. Love it. I've been having all my little snap videos with that on there that I ain't published. But, <laughs> right, yep. That's it for me. Okay. So, on my end, no, like, books or music or anything like that new. For me, but in the TV realm, so I did check out Jenny in Georgia that's streaming on Netflix. Currently, the number one, I think, as of yesterday it was because that's when I finished it yesterday. So um, it was the number one thing streaming on Netflix. I I've seen really good reviews on it. I'm in the middle because just for the simple fact that I like. I really liked the mother's character, Georgia. I liked her story. It was interesting to me. Like I found myself uh, watching her parts more because her story was more interesting to me. The girl, Jenny, um, the daughter's story. I found myself fast forwarding through a lot of the parts of it. It was very like melodramatic, teeny. I mean, don't some of the parts were good, um, but. The, I will just say it was very, like, melodramatic, teen drama, cringy. Um, I found myself fast-forwarding through a lot of her parts just to, like, take me back to the mama story. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, all around, it's, it's another one of those shows that, like, if you have the time, it's not a long season. So if you just want to feel like binging something over the weekend, you can definitely sit down. And I feel like you can get through it in a weekend because it took me – about I started it on Friday Friday evening and I finished it yesterday. So it took me a couple of days to get through a little longer than my normal. Um just because like I said, I heard the daughter's part daughter in my opinion was kinda insufferable. Um despite the fact that, you know, as a black person, certain shit be irritating my fucking soul. So she is mixed. 
She's a mixed young lady. And it just irritated my soul that when she got to the school, she gravitated to all white friends. And like the other black kid in the school, the other black kids, they tried to reach out to her. And it was like she was just blowing them off until, you know, until her little white friend stopped speaking to her. Then she decided to go talk to the black kids. And then when she said that the black, you know, with the black kids, she just was kind of looking around like she was just so uncomfortable being around other black. That shit, it aggravated my soul. So, because it was so stereotypical and it just, anyway, needless to say, it bugged the shit out of me. So that was another reason that why I was just fast forwarding through her parts because that shit was cringy to me. But um, otherwise, like I said, the mama story now, the mama Georgia, her story was entertaining. I enjoyed her character. Um, the woman who portrayed portrays the mama bravo she does a great job now that part had me on my heels i was like get back to like i said i was like get back to the mama so i like her story all in all i mean it's a solid show again like i said i would recommend it if you you know if you just want to sit down and watch a cute little show over the weekend it's something it's something to watch and get through i also watched um the united states versus billy holiday on hulu so hear me out I wanted to love this. I wanted to love this um, because one, my family has a personal, you know, connection with Billie Holiday. My grandfather loved, loved, loved Billie Holiday um, till the day he died. He loved his lady day because he used to work for her back when he was a boy because he, you know, he ran numbers in Harlem. So um, he was kind of in that scene and he used to work for her, like doing her dry cleaning and things like that. Um, so he just loved, loved, loved his lady day. Um, he was like, she was so down to earth. She just was always so good to people. Adored her. So I watched this. I wanted to love it. Just made me think of my grandfather. And I wanted to love it. I did. But, um, and this is, I will say, salute to Andre Day. Um, that's why I said she deserved that bowling blow. Because her acting and her performance, she carried that fucking film. Um, the uh, bravo to all of the actors and actresses in it. They carried that film. The writing sucked. And not only did the writing suck, but I will say, I don't know if it was directing, producing, editing, or all three. But the way that the, the movie was put together, it reminded me, instead of like flowing like a movie should and telling a story, it almost reminded me of like a clip show of where they were just splotching together clips of her life. And it just felt so disjointed and disconnected. Like it just disappointed me in that regard. And so that's what kind of made me not really like it or really enjoy it. Like I would not sit and go back and like watch it again or watch it on repeat. I did watch it just for you know, because like I said, uh, the personal connection, again, I'm always supporting black creatives. Um, so I'll give anything, almost anything that has black folks in it, directed, produced by black folks to watch. As long as it ain't no problematic bullshit, I'll give it a watch. Um, but <sighs> I did not like it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it in regards to just something that I would repeat watch. But give it a watch just to ask support. But it's a tough watch. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say next up on my docket, though, I've been hearing really, really good things about that notorious B.I.G. documentary that's on Netflix currently. I got a story to tell. They said it's the best notorious B.I.G. doc and out of all the docs and movies and things that have been done. They said it's the best one. It's the most honest. And it paints him as the human being, Christopher Wallace as opposed to just Notorious B.I.G., the rapper. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, they said that his friend D-Rock took a lot of the clips and things and a lot of his home videos and stuff like that during the time. Um, he said that he would never really share it, but that he felt, he felt like now was the time to share. So a lot of the, the clips and, and the videos and montages are actual personal videos from one of his best friends during that time so I'm really really interested in, in watching that and kind of checking that one out so that'll probably be something that I check out this week all right well that's it on my end so did you want to do your let's jump into 
our new new segment that's going to be coming up with Valentin. Yes. So I guess I don't know. It'll be something different every week. I guess I'm not sure what I'm calling it, but we're just gonna talk. I guess like my my topic this week is African American vernacular English um, that so many people down and. For me, it's like our own language. And I kind of hate how some people trash it as being ghetto or it's not proper English because even Americans don't speak proper English to most of most proper don't speak it properly. But anywho, but I saw like a conversation on Twitter this past week where they were, you know, just discussing it. And of course, a lot of elite bullshit comes out as as usual, anti-blackness with us speaking our in our vernacular. Like it's comfortable. I don't know. I can't speak for nobody else, but it flows with me. I understand what people are saying. And this one thing I had, I don't know if like you ever experienced when people like, what did you say? Motherfucker, you heard me. You know exactly what I said. Like it was not hard to distinguish what I said. And then when you look and you see people like, you know, I don't know what you said, but then when you go read Instagram comments, they be the same one. You like, bitch, you just use, you just use another word. What the fuck? Ugh. Or you be like anti-black as fuck using like AAVE. Be like, what the fuck? Or when you see white people use this shit, be like, please don't, please don't. Agreed. Agreed. Like, just just don't do it. It don't even sound right coming from you. And y'all don't even be using it, right? You're like, yeah, that's not appropriate word for this sentence right there. That's wrong. Right. So, yeah, that was just like my, I'm not going to call it a rant, but it's just, like I said, it's just annoying and just to see, you know, you always have Twitter, like Twitter, Black Twitter comes through and then sometimes Black Twitter can be, a portion of it can be disappointing. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. So, kind of expanding on that, I want to ask you then, what is your, kind of your take on, um, the way that I will say that, in my opinion, white America has kind of taken those words from our culture, like woke and cancel culture and, and everything from sis and auntie and all of that, and kind of almost, I don't want to say popularized it or polarized it, but like you said, and then use it in the wrong type of ways. How do you feel about them using those words and, and when you hear hear them using it? Utterly disgusted. <laughs> um, like, no lie. Like, utterly disgusted because I'm like, even when you think about bling bling, you remember like when Hot Boys was out, it was not even in a dictionary. And it was something that was like, oh, this is ghetto or this is just black again. It's just now everywhere. And you see like sis or, you know, even cuz those words. And it's like, first of all, you shouldn't be using them. And I'm pretty sure at one point you were probably looking at a black person saying it like, oh, this is ghetto or something like that. And I don't know. Like, I'm just one of those people, like, I feel like you should protect black culture at all, by all means. Right. Like, uh, I don't believe in, oh, no, that didn't mean any harm or blah, blah. You might not mean any harm. But this is something that I'm protecting. Right. So you think we should gatekeep a little bit more? Oh, definitely. Like, definitely. When you think about, like, how many flies we have let in, think about Takashi 69 even the Danny Lee chick, where people, Cardi B, like, just being honest, like, bro, y'all gotta chill. Right. Oh, she from, she from a black country. Yeah, she might be from a black country, but she not black, because y'all forget that Spanish people landed in those countries, and some of them then co-mingle. Everybody, every human on this earth, can they can be white as snow. They're going to have some type of blackness in them. We're, we're the prototype. Like, they're going to have some blackness in them. So, for you to say, oh, I'm 25%, you have like that Vicky Woe girl, like, oh, I'm 25% black. So, what the fuck that mean? Listen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I do think in that regards, it's hard because 
because we give so many passes. Like you have some people who still cling to the one drop rule. You have some people, like I said, who just will give people who grow up in their neighborhood, certain neighborhoods passes. You'll have people, some people will make the argument, well, y'all make it cool for somebody like Janae Aiko to use the N-word and this and that and the other, but she's no more Black than than a Danny Lee or this, that and the other. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I feel like as a Black community, we have the right to kind of gatekeep the way that we want to and everybody shouldn't have get to voice their opinion on it. We don't get to voice an opinion on other communities. So why do, you know what I mean? Like, we can't just go around and say, oh, I'm Nigerian and think that we won't get dragged by folks from Nigeria. Or we can't go, I couldn't go around saying, oh, I'm Jamaican um, because I got 2% Jamaican and not think that I'm going to get dragged by Jamaicans. You know what I mean? Like, And we real like be Nigerian and they still real life 80 percent west african this is where you probably from most of them still get dragged <laughs> <laughs> like so if i ain't from west africa where am i from then like okay you know what boo boo um okay cool <laughs> but yeah i i don't know it just irks me like this one guy like just speaking from experience at work he was like who you think the better of rapper, Lil Wayne or not Lil Wayne, Young Dolph or Yo Gotti? Oh, I don't discuss hip hop with white people. Wrong person, bro. Fuck, I look like arguing with you over hip hop. Preach on it. I am so with you. Like, there are certain conversations that I will not have with white people. I will just look at them like. Blankster. <laughs> I like you know what I mean? Like you ever just be looking at somebody like you don't move the fuck away from me with this bullshit. <laughs> Stop playing with me. And that's exactly how I felt when he asked me, and I was like, "Why are you asking me that?" And then another person came kind of like, "Because he thinks blah 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 blah." We having a debate. Oh, oh, I don't debate with color redacted people. On no, what I do that? <laughs> Okay, some conversations are just for us. Right. And I'm like, even when he's coming, you're like, oh, you know who song, blah, blah, blah. Sir, I know you probably know. I know. But again, I'm not having this discussion with you. Move on. And you don't even wash your legs because you real I was in the office. Tonight, so y'all wash y'all legs in the shower. Oh, uh, yes, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe somebody admitted that shit anyway. <laughs> A minute, and he was like, "A Paul, he was like, so you been down to wash? Yes, I been down. Oh, and you guess what? I even washed my feet. Can you believe that shit? Woo! Get down there and scrub on them toes, baby. Listen. Oh. And then he was like, that's dangerous because you can slip and fall. Well, I'm going to hold on to the side of the tub, but I'm washing the bottom of my fucking feet. <laughs> oh, man. There's nothing it's- worse than seeing somebody come in the house with like a dirty foot. I can see the dirt on their bottom of they. Ugh. Peter Guns. Uh, Do you remember that episode? <laughs> the episode of Love and Hip Hop with Peter Guns, and he laid down his feet were dirty. <laughs> oh, dirty feet, Pete. Ugh. Disgusting. <laughs> he could not have laid anywhere near my face. You can't even think about putting your feet in my bed dirty. Ugh. You don't go take a bath. And what have you been doing all day? Oh, child. Mm, mm, mm. All right, so any more um, on this topic or anything else that you want to get off your chest in your first official segment this week? Nothing else for me. All right, so we hope you guys enjoy the new segment by Fallon Dean. Name coming soon. She's going to be thinking up a name. Um, If you guys have some suggestions out there, slide on over in her DMs. (laughs) 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 Drop her a little line. And tell her what you think in regards to what she thinks um, she should call segments, or just obviously drop in the pretty nerds DMs. Um, I'm just joking about sliding her DMs because her husband will swing on your ass. Um, <laughs> um, anywho, all right. So I'm gonna quickly jump into this week's nerd moment of the week. So just a couple of quick hitters, quick things. 
Um, Superman and Lois premiered last week. Um, it had pretty decent ratings. Obviously, the CGI is much, much better. They have, um, they're receiving HBO Max money, not just CW money. So the CGI is better. The graphics looks better. It looks a little bit bigger. Like they just have a bigger budget all around. Um, but needless to say, um, it was decent. I, I'm not a huge Superman person. So like, I'm not a huge fan of Superman. Um, in general, it's not one of my favorite comic book characters. Um, and then the lady that they have playing Lois, eh, I didn't like her on Grimm. And so she's not my favorite. But I do like Tyler um, Ho- Hoechlin. Um, I think he's a pretty decent actor. I liked him on Teen Wolf. So um, I gave it a try. I don't know if it'll be something that I'll consistently tune into. But nonetheless, it did premiere and it did do decent. And they have already been greenlit for a season two. So They'll be around for at least one or two more seasons. Also, it's been announced that the DC Universe, they're going to be, they are officially done. Well, they haven't officially said they're done, but um, I pretty much we feel like we can say that they are going to be saying sayonara to Henry Cavill as Superman. And they're yeah. in the process of developing a new Superman movie that's going to be focusing on the Superman storyline in the co- comics where it's the Zod storyline. So it's um, the the black version of Superman. So almost like um, if you ever read the comics and you know there's a storyline where they said that Zod Sorrell was um, Superman's brother and the black Superman, whatever. Um, they are supposedly thinking about casting Michael B. That's the rumor right now that Michael B. Jordan is in talks to be playing the first official black Superman, but that that project is currently in the works over at DC. So we shall see what comes of that. Also the flash did finally over after over a year due to kind of COVID pushbacks and everything like that. The flash did premiere last night. Um, It was the first episode of the season. I will say it was a good episode. But it definitely wasn't, in my opinion. It didn't feel like a season starter. Um, obviously, it was one of the episodes that was left over from last season um, that they didn't get to finish up with. So I feel like until they kind of finish up the storyline from last season, we actually finally move into the season seven topic. It's just going to kind of feel like a eh, moment with the Flash. But all around, it was a pretty decent episode, I think. Um, you can definitely tell that um, I think their biggest struggle is going to be the fact that they have such a bloated cast and um, they have to work around COVID. So we'll see how it works out this season. Um, but nonetheless, a solid, solid first episode of season seven for The Flash yesterday. Um, and finally, finally, I'm going to get into my favorite part of the nerd moment. At least it has been for these last couple of weeks is my WandaVision recap. So Episode eight, huge, huge episode. We finally got so many questions answered. Uh, We got to see the beginning of how, first and foremost, Wanda came about getting her powers. We got to see about how Wanda triggered the hex. Salute, first of all, salute to Elizabeth Olsen. She has been doing an amazing, amazing this whole series. But episode eight, she really shined, man. She, the emotions, the, the grief that she displayed like you felt that shit like I literally almost teared up I ain't gonna lie when she went in there and she saw his little body tore apart and she just was like I can't feel you and because you know they used to have like if you watched we remember from Infinity War when he, uh, Vision was dying when he was um being killed by Thanos and he was like Wanda I just feel you and that's when Thanos destroys the mind stone and she just goes in there and she's like I can't feel you anymore, blah, blah, blah. And um, she finds a little letter in her car. Spoiler alert. Um, The reason that she is in Westview is because she found the letter in her car from Vision. It was part of his will. He had brought them a house. It was there, um, and it had a little heart on it. It said, our forever home. And so that's what kind of triggered her. She went there, and that's what triggered her to um, radiate the hex. And she officially officially two big spoil again spoiler alert spoiler two big spoilers um finally for the first time in the mcu history 
We finally hear her re uh, referred to by her comic book name, The Scarlet Witch. So Agnes um, officially is like, okay, I see how you did this now. She says you have chaos magic, which makes you The Scarlet Witch. So big reveal. Finally, she's referred to as The Scarlet Witch. There are a lot of Easter eggs, in my opinion, when they do the scene showing how she originally got her powers that alludes to her always having uh, powers inside her and just the Mind Stone um, triggering that. It's alluding to, in my opinion, that we're going to get the reveal that she's actually a mutant, i.e. the X-Men. I feel like that's going to be episode nine. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that that's the, the big cameo reveal that we're going to get. And then the last part is we finally figure out the mystery surrounding Vision. So Vision, in essence of what we knew him, is dead. Um, he Again, we knew Thanos had killed him, destroyed the Mind Stone. We get to see in, in, in the show that, um, she, like she said, she says she can't feel Vision anymore. He's dead. Um, th so the, the Vision that we're seeing in the show is just a figment of the hex that she created. But we find out, dun, 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 of course, that sword had been, the reason they had his body and parts is because they were experimenting on him. And they have now essentially brought back to life um, a white, what's called the white vision. And if you've read the comics and you know, the white vision was almost like, almost like Ultron in the sense that he was void of all human emotions. So I feel like um, episode nine, we're going to get some more kind of sadness when she, because I think ultimately she's going to end up having to face off against white vision. And so that's going to be a super sad Super sad moment, I think, coming up in episode nine. So we shall wait and see. But nonetheless, super good episode. Also, we're also hearing just to kind of sideline, let you guys know that they are, they said that there are no kind of in the works thoughts for season two for WandaVision. So more than likely next week, episode nine, that's it for WandaVision. And we will not be getting any more um, until we see the Scarlet Witch in. Um, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. So, anyway, nonetheless, that is it for me in regards to the nerd moment of the week. And I guess that's it for the show because I don't have anything else on my end. Do you have anything else on your end, Valentin? Nothing else for me. All right. So then, per usual, we want to thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy your week. Good night, guys.